0: Hi, welcome to the Mama Advocate podcast. This is a safe place for adoptive and special needs mamas to feel less alone and find community amidst their unconventional journeys. Here, you're going to find authentic conversations for me and my guest who are parenting fully in the weeds with you. Our goal is to empower and encourage you to be the best mama you can be as you advocate for your people. Hey, Courtney, I'm so excited about you being here with us today. Um, I would love for you just to introduce yourself and tell us all about your expertise.
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm so happy I could make this work this afternoon. Um, my name is Courtney Freilich. I have been an educational diagnostician for 12 years at a school in the DFW area. And um, I just have a passion for bringing parents into the process. I think when we collaborate, it makes things a lot better. Um, so I So I reached out, wanted to talk to you. Um, I have mostly been on elementary campuses. I did a short stint at the middle school. So beyond middle school, um, I know generic, kind of general information, but not as much specific as I do with the
0: littles. Okay. Well, that's kind of where we're going to focus today is on the littles in the ACI world.
1: Yes. Now,
0: all my little buddies starting age three, I believe. We started ECI and they started going to an early childhood school. Can you kind of tell us what that process looks like?
1: Yes. So
0: and even I what it to, is, too. let's make yeah. Minute first.
1: Absolutely. So, um, so early childhood intervention, if you are working with them, usually about around two and a half, they will help guide you to the school district. Um, And each district does it differently. So some have like a centralized early childhood evaluation team, uh, and then others it's more campus-based. So they'll have a campus-based evaluation team. Um, If you aren't working with early childhood, I would suggest just starting with the district you live in their website. Usually if you go to the main website under departments and then in special education, uh, you'll see like child find or early childhood um, and you can get information that way, or just call if you're like, oh, okay, well my other kids go to such and such school. Um, I have a lot of parents reach out that way and then I help them figure out who to contact. Um, our early childhood team will, um, uh, like I said, about two and a half, they'll um, touch base with the parents and have them do just an intake form and then set up a time to evaluate. Um, There's a three is three rule. So if we know about them before three, we have to get them tested and in by their third birthday. So as much as possible, we try to, to do that and honor that. If we don't know about them until later, like say three and a half, then we follow regular testing timelines so that would be 45 school days and then 30 days 30 calendar days to have that ARD meeting and that feels like a long time so I suggest you know if you have any concerns to start thinking about that at two and a half and working with the district then.
0: Okay and is this on a I know that both you and i live in dfw so i'm like oh yes this is common practice but is this yes. a nationwide practice
1: i think i only know specifically texas it is a specifically texas thing that three is three and we get them in
0: okay. um,
1: and i say that because like other states call like have different eligibilities so Texas doesn't have developmental delay as a disability. So if we can see that your child maybe isn't hitting those milestones, we're suspecting a disability, they can go in under the eligibility of non-categorical early childhood. So that we, we would say in CEC. so that's non-categorical early childhood. And it just means we do suspect something, but maybe because of language or we don't feel quite confident going autism yet or going um, another eligibility quite yet. So we give them a few years. Um, They can fall under that eligibility until they are six. So typically we reevaluate that kindergarten year and that's when we kind of make sure we've determined that eligibility and solidified that piece.
0: Okay, and then after that, how often are they tested?
1: So that is up to the ARD committee, but federally we are required to look at that every three years. So as as best practice, we look at that every three years. Now, middle school, high school, the best practice kind of gets a little fuzzy, Um, but typically with my kiddos, if they come in, At three, I'm gonna evaluate kinder and then I'm probably gonna evaluate third and then like either fifth grade or going into sixth. Um, Just because as they grow and develop, we wanna make sure that we um, are supporting them the best way we can. And we know those standardized tests, especially for kiddos on the spectrum may not be a good, the best indicator of cognitively where they're at. So we want to look at all these pieces too.
0: Yes. Okay. And then we call that an FIE. Is that also, do you know Mm -hmm. if that's what that's called everywhere?
1: I don't know. Texas has a lot of very uh, weird terms that are just specific to us. Um, So I'm not sure everywhere calls it a full individualized evaluation. Um, Also, Texas is one of the only states that uses a diagnostician. So in other states, the cognitive and achievement piece would be either done by the school psychologist, or Oklahoma has a funny term, I think they call them um, psychometrists. So it's kind of a blend. So who you, you know, from state to state, that varies Uh, in Texas, the best way to kind of have a cheat sheet of all those acronyms, all the dates is when you first sign consent, um, you will get a guide to the ARD process. That packet, and and you can find it on TA's website too, or just Google ARD guide, has the best information in terms of acronyms. Um, But we're only we only give that to you once and then we keep giving you the procedural safeguards and that one has a lot more legal ease into it and it's not as. Me I don't think it's as user friendly, so if you're like hey I kind of remember that I would ask for another art guide because we've got them, we can email you one um, and to me that one's much easier to be to clarify some of these things.
0: I don't remember getting that at all. And I think probably most parents don't because of just the chaos of, oh my goodness, well, this is my new life and this is what we're doing. And uh-huh.
1: yes. And we uh-huh. show the one packet in front of you every year. We're like, this is what you do if you don't agree with us, but the ARD guide, we don't. So yeah, mm-hmm. you probably don't remember that
0: one. Also, I'm wondering about how you as a diagnostician, like you do your own testing and everything, but I'm I have learned that it's helpful for all parties involved if I also bring any other evaluations that we've done at speech, at OT, at psych people, like whatever, whoever else out there has seen and laid eyes on my child and done some sort of something. I'm bringing that paperwork into the diagnostician so that she can have all that information.
1: Absolutely. That is so helpful um, because it gives us a big picture and we also don't want to double up so if they just did this ABC testing, we're not going to also do that. If, it, if it's a reputable place that did the testing, I, I will use that and not do my own testing um, because we do know that, um, especially when they're little, they're not always gonna perform as well when there's three or four people in the room and their attention span may be limited. So I'm not going to burden the kid with more testing if you've brought me really good information. Um, But we also may use that. And in addition to our own testing, um, the school districts are, it's a little bit different with like the school testing and um, medical model, especially
0: uh, like for OTPT. Okay, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I have two more questions that aren't really ECI related, but I'm curious about what our rights are as parents to request an evaluation at any time.
1: Yes, you can absolutely request an evaluation at any time. Um, if you, we will as a committee, as an ARD committee, um, look at that. Like, say, if your child has an intellectual disability, and you request dyslexia. I am going to honor that, but I'm also going to explain like how kids are eligible for dyslexia. And in Texas and really everywhere, uh, to have the label of dyslexia, you have to have a normal cognition. So you can't be both intellectually disabled and dyslexia because that reading difficulty isn't an une- unexpected. So we may not honor all those pieces, um, but we would explain why, right? Like, I would be like, okay, well, we just did this cognitive piece. um, But for me, if a parent is really going to push it, even if their ID, I'm going to go ahead and assess that piece just so that you have that picture of why, like, you're not just trusting me of why it's not dyslexia, but okay, I'll do the testing and we'll I'll show you the pieces of why it's not this. Um, but yes, as a parent, you can request it any time. If it's a new thing, like you're thinking it's autism and we they're eligible under specific learning disability, best practice is for the school to follow that initial timeline. Just ask that the school district honor that, that initial timeline Um, even if it isn't an initial, because it is important to gather that information in a timely manner um, with eligibilities like autism or an emotional disturbance. We wanna take that 45 school days because we want the teacher to have long enough with the student. Um, And usually there's several different evaluation personnel working on that. So we want everybody to be able to gather all those pieces and not rush that. So I know for a lot of parents that 45 days feels like a really long time. And it, it is, if you sign consent in November, sometimes we're not meeting till end of February, March, and that feels like forever. Um, but that, but that is why we're trying to, um, it, it's a big deal to, for you to say, yes, this child needs services. We don't want, um, we want to make sure we're doing a thorough job. So, well,
0: I'm grateful for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. My other question, and again, I don't know if this is by school district or state or whatever, but my son, Noah, we were homeschooling him and we knew that he had ADD and that was kind of our biggest struggle for not being able to read at first because he couldn't focus long enough on a word to be able to read. And so we got him medicated. So we started reading, but there were still several things like he had dysgraphia and it just seemed like something else was going on. And we wanted him evaluated to kind of figure out like, Hey, would he be able to receive services? Even if he was in school, like we don't want to enroll him just to enroll him to see if he maybe gets services. And so they informed us that we could do an evaluation as a non-attending student, Um, and that was super helpful for us, and nobody had ever, I mean, I had to kind of push on that one to get that information, Um, so I I don't, I make up that a lot of homeschool families don't know about that, because it's not, um, not that it should be advertised, but it's not advertised, so.
1: Right, right, Well, and that was one of the things in that corrective action package where where Texas was under identifying students with special needs. We weren't doing a good enough job advertising those services. So I believe there's supposed to be like additional information that kind of talks about that going out to more parents. Now where that is in the pipeline, I I don't know. Um, But yes, that is true. So any kiddo that lives within our district, um, if if you request testing, we will honor that. And then we have what's called an admission review dismissal um, meeting. And we say, if you were enrolled, these are the goals we would work on. these are the accommodations we suggest and this is the kind of service schedule of service we would provide um if they qualified for an additional service um such as speech uh, and you said you know what we're still going to homeschool you could be eligible for what's called um, a service plan under proportionate share meaning we have a a portion of funding that goes for those um, homeschooled or private school kiddos to get speech services. So it may not be as much service as they would get if they were enrolled, um, but they, they could either come up to the school or we have a kiddo that's gonna Zoom this year just because they're, you know, COVID. <laughs> so um, that is a right that yes, all homeschool or private school kids
0: uh, have. I love that. Okay. Was there anything else that you feel like we need to know about as parents kind of walking into an evaluation or um, even ECI for the first time?
1: You know, I think there, you're going to get a lot of forms and I think it's hard to either not see your kid very negatively or very positively. So I think trying to like remove parent glasses and really objectively look at your child's skills is very important because we'll get a lot of times we'll get forms that are either extremely, Oh yeah, they can do everything and they're like advanced (laughs) or we'll get forms. That's like, Oh, they can't do anything. And so, and where most kiddos are going to fall in between that. Um, And that's just, I mean, that's challenging for all parents, right? To see your kids clearly without any sort of uh, skewing. Um, But that's a good tip. Just like really read those forms and make sure you're like, okay, yeah, they know they, like I say, um, and this is more for adaptive behavior. Like there'll be questions on there. Well, does your child brush their teeth? Well, both of my kiddos can brush their teeth, but would they, if I didn't remind them? No. So they wouldn't get full credit for that. They would, you know, I would scale them down. Um, The other thing is don't be afraid to ask a lot of questions because we do this every day and we forget that you don't or that it's your first child or first time going through this. Um, And I'll even catch myself in meetings using acronyms or talking really fast because you know we've got this window to get this meeting in, so I think it's okay as a parent to say, "Wait, hold on, slow down." Can you go over that again? Um, it's also okay to request a meeting before the meeting. I, I especially like if for the littles, I, you know, ask questions. This is this is your kiddo. And we may have your child for three to five years, but you're responsible for your child for life. So make sure you're asking questions, you're feeling comfortable about all those things um, so that if something doesn't sit right, we can look at it. Um, The ARD meeting should be a collaborative process. Sometimes it feels like everything is predetermined because we, we do write the goals and prep the what you were seeing that visual piece of it before, but that doesn't mean that it can't change. So if you're not comfortable with something at the ARD meeting or you feel like, hey, we really need to be working on this in the school setting, ask for it. So that's, that's my biggest tip is um, be an advocate for your kiddo. Um, you have every right to bring somebody with you, a friend or you know, just another set of ears We may have you um, sign a form that just says it's okay that they're hearing that information but um, if you want to bring somebody just let the diagnostician or whoever contacted you know ahead of time and that's perfectly fine
0: that's good to know
1: yes because it's scary and it's like a lot of people and you know a lot
0: of information too
1: it is a lot of information yes
0: yeah we were told by our adoption agency that they could send somebody out with us. And then we're also have been told by Life Path, which is our mental health. However, we get community services. I forget what the real name of them is. Um, and our caseworker there has offered several times to come out too, just to, to be another set of ears and be listening yes. for things.
1: We definitely yeah I've had caseworkers and the ECI workers if, if especially if they've been closely involved with the family they'll come to those ARDS um, and and that is helpful because they've worked with those little ones before so that's that's very good. Yeah. I love this Courtney thank you so much. You are very welcome. Very